Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ The Fan. Also at 105.1 FM this year and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And if you're looking for your favorite podcast, look under Lakes Woods and Irons. You can find us, our podcast there, most uh, most any outlet for podcasts. Chris Foley with me. Chris, uh, British Open this week uh, was, uh, I don't want to say boring, but uh, we were at, uh, we went to a little family get-together out of town in Wisconsin and go out to the lake and bum around for a little bit or go out and play some games and come back in. And every time I came back in, Harmon was leading by four. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, uh, uh, I've shared my love of, of the Open Championship and all, all things uh, UK golf, obviously. But it, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Some of it was probably the, the you know, the ties I have to, to Brian Harmon through my son and and his coach Justin Parsons and that, but uh, you know it, there was there wasn't as much drama at, probably as you would like, but boy he, he was it, it was it was like you know it was like watching Picasso paint how he worked his way around the golf course and his putting was incredible. He, he gained eleven shots on the green. And then, you know, really, if you go back to some of the things we talk about, about minimizing errors, you know, he only hit it in three bunkers for the whole week. And one of them was on the, the, you know, the 72nd hole. So it, um, you know, he played incredible golf and um, nobody could catch him. He really did. He was so, uh, when you've seen guys grab, I mean, Tiger was great at that, where you just manage. Just hit it in the middle, hit it in the middle, hit it in the middle. Don't try to go pin-seeking. And with the way he was putting, he didn't have to go pin-seeking because he was just extraordinary on the greens. Wow. Yeah. No, it was it, he was fabulous. And, and you know, to, to be able to sleep on the lead for three nights in a row, that uh, that is hard. And, um, you know, you, you don't see many guys who, in, in any event who, who can hold on to the lead that long because it's uh, – you know, you're, you're thinking about it constantly, and you know, like in the in the Open Championship, gosh, the leaders don't tee off until three thirty four in the afternoon local time, their time. So that that's a long day between Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I heard a great interview with uh, uh, with his coach Justin Parsons earlier today, and talking about that. And one of the things that that uh, Justin Parsons has a, a you know he worked for for Butch Harmon for quite a few years and Claude Harmon Butch's son and one of the things that they you know they they said was you know Jack Nicholas did it all the time Todd Watson did it all the time so it's it's not unprecedented you just it's one of the things you have to deal with if you're gonna if you're gonna win an open championship and uh Harmon certainly did it well yeah he surely did wow it was impressive and he's, uh, yeah. it was kind of, you know, you were kind of hoping on the first day when the amateurs, the six foot eight amateur was leading, uh, that the six foot eight amateur would be paired with the five foot six. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Quite a contrast. <laughs> the six eight kid, he had a terrific opening round, obviously, and, um, you kind of had a feeling it might not last, and it didn't. But uh, pretty impressive for an amateur, right out of college, obviously. Yeah, yeah you know, it's interesting. The Open Championship has kind of a 
a history of amateurs, you know, making the making the uh, the cut. And it seems like every year you get one or two kind of Cinderella stories that uh, that end up making the cut. And he, uh, it was it was fun listening to him because he really didn't sound like he was you know, he was South African because he spent so much time in the U.S. and playing at. Uh, you know, playing in Georgia and that, that. but uh, yeah, he had a great tournament. And, uh, you know, an incredible first round, but really hung in there the rest of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, and kind of a not a picture perfect swing because he's six foot eight. He swung the club a little different than some people who are more normal sized human beings, I guess. <laughs> yeah, very, very, you know, very reminiscent of a lot of of tall players where where they have a lot of you know, a lot of leg drive, and and probably early in their golfing life, they they didn't have clubs quite long enough for them, so they have a lot of downward movement in their swing. But uh, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, certainly uh, uh, fun fun to watch and fun to see uh, how well he played. And it was, uh, you know, it, it, if you look at the at the, at the leaderboard. Uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, you know, really just one poor round the whole tournament, and, and ended up finishing sixth. And looked like he, you know, really could have. Uh, he was trying to make some movement on Sunday, and just too much space between he and uh, he and Brian Harmon and John Rahm had a great, uh, you know, Saturday and a pretty good Sunday and. Jason Day, gosh, the last three rounds played great. Stub, Stub, he and Stubstruck and Tom Kim finishing tied for uh, tied for tied for second. But uh, yeah, what you were saying, quite a leader sleeping on the lead. But I mean, you have to be at least conscious of. I got Rom and Rory and Jason right behind me. That's uh, and you're still sleeping through the night and ready for the next day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, four four shots seems like a lot, but you know, especially on when you get some holes like seventeen, which were you know, the guys made everything from a one to a, a ten on that hole. Yeah, and so you know, you, you, that green is so small, and the the runoffs you just hit it in the wrong spot, and all of a sudden you're you're making double or triple. And you know, one of those guys behind you makes birdie, and all of a sudden, the, your lead goes from four to tied, or even behind. So, it uh, you know, quite a quite an accomplishment. The best in the world were not too happy with some of that layout on day one. <laughs> uh, but it's, no, it's that, obviously the same for everybody. But yeah, that that was interesting. You know, those those bunkers, and if you play the old course, and it's it's this way all the time. The old course at St Andrews. The, those bunkers, the the floors of them are very flat, and so you you get a lot of balls that run up right against the walls of those those side wall bunkers. And, sure. Um, and that that's how day one was of those. And I, I think there were so many guys that you know had got the ball up against the the wall, and they couldn't either they couldn't advance it at all, or they had to take it sideways, or whatever that, that they they modified them overnight a little bit and added a little bit of slope to them and uh i, I personally i think it was a good move and uh that you know the balls wouldn't necessarily you still had some balls that were up against the the walls but they they did have a tendency to to run back a little bit which was uh, uh, makes it a little more fair i guess and um 
that's when the one thing when I when I play the old golf course. That's what that that's one of the things that makes a golf course incredibly hard is when you do not get in a bunker and so many times you're up against the wall and it's you know it, rather than costing you a, a shot, it's it's two or three shots. <laughs> yeah, many yeah, times. yeah. Terrific tournament, no question. Last major of the year, unfortunately, you always wish for more. But uh, now the FedEx Cup and uh, uh, with the way the uh, things are falling, the 3M at Minnesota's tournament uh, uh, should get some pretty good players because there's really nice players who need to move up the ladder, Chris. Yeah, we, you know the 3M has the best uh, um, the best field they've had in the young history of it, of it being a, a regular tour event. Um, with with guys trying to you know either you know get get some uh, Ryder Cup points or pr- for mo- most of these guys more importantly make make the the FedEx playoffs it uh, it's become a much more important event uh, they've got um, you know I think tw- about 15 guys within the top uh, 50 in the, uh, the the world rankings and FedEx Cup point standings so. It uh, should add some a lot of excitement to the 3M. Yeah, sounds great. We do have Eric Peterson coming up. He's going to talk about the CRMC Classic coming to Craigens. Eric, the general manager at the Craigens Resort, will be back with that interview right after this on the Fan. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald, with you. 1380 KLIZ, the Fan, also 105.1 FM this year, and find us uh, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And also at Lakes, Woods, and Irons if you're looking for podcasts. So lots of opportunities for you. Special guest with us today, general manager at uh, Craigens Resort, Eric Peterson is with us. Eric, welcome. Well, it's great to be on the show again. Thank you so much. Yeah, good to have you. Big events and nothing happening at Craigens uh, uh, this year at all, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. We've been we've been busy. We've just... Uh, kicking off what uh, we kind of touted as our grand opening or media uh, extravaganza or, or uh, event on this past Monday. So that was great. We had some national media people up here and in, into the Brainerd Lakes area to, to show off what Brainerd's all about. Yeah, I saw some social media. Tom hitting the first shot, Tom Lehman, and the uh, pep band was there from the U and played the rouser, and Dutch was excited, and that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, a great couple of days showing off uh showing off our golf courses as well as uh what uh, what we're all about up here yeah we've been kind of fortunate up here we've been able to play it and uh, uh now the uh, now nationally it kind of gets shown off but uh, we've been pretty fortunate locally to be able to play the layman yeah exactly we we kind of pushed it as the uh, layman grand opening uh we did, like you say, we had we got it open kind of in September of last year, so had some good preview play in the fall of last year, and then it's been uh, been very well received uh, kind of throughout the spring here and early summer, and then we hit the big milestone, and we wanted to wait till we got to that point. Uh, on uh, July 1st of this year, we did open uh, the what would be considered uh, one of the nines of the Dutch 27, the old Dutch back nine for those uh, local listeners who remember it. Yeah, um, that was a pretty significant renovation there that we made on that course. And uh, in fact, uh, now that it's open, we have 30, 36 holes of completed, renovated, reimagined golf open for play. And that uh, that new Dutch, what we're calling the Dutch course. Um, is the one that's going to be played at the uh, CRMC Championship coming up in uh, just over a month from now. 
Right, August 28th yeah. through September 3rd. And, uh, man, it is – that uh, new Dutch is sure getting a lot of good word of mouth from guys who've been playing it, including myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I've heard great feedback, Eric. Can, can you give us a little uh, – you know, kind of, for people who haven't been able to get on the plate, how, how's it different than what uh, the old Dutch course was? Yeah, I'll try to give you the quick, uh, I mean, a lot of local listeners, a lot of people have, uh, have played it before, so I'll give you the quick uh, down and dirty one through nine uh, report on the uh, the new Dutch front nine or what will be the, uh, the blue course or the blue nine of the Dutch course. But uh, hole one uh, stayed in the same corridor, but we uh, basically eliminated the fairway bunkers, added some new ones, a little further out, uh, I was happy to play, and I don't quite reach those. But then we took the uh, new green complex and moved it kind of back into the left, added about 20 yards to the hole, expanded the green complex tremendously, much uh, uh, just visually a great spot. Also kind of, you know, like you say, a whole new green there. Hole number two, we dramatically changed the angle of the play. Um, it was more of a dog leg to the right looking. And now we kind of straightened the hole out, eliminated the fairway bunker, eliminated bunkers around the green, and expanded the green surrounds. Um, green, hole three is the par three, and that's probably one of the, even though it's the same hole, it really gives a whole different feel. New green complex, new bunkering. Um, the lake is opened up, and visual of that lake is, is just tremendous there. Yeah, it is. It's probably not a prettier spot in uh on a golf course in Brainerd than sitting on that green on uh, hole number three of the of, uh, of the Dutch course currently. Uh, hole four is par five. Uh, we eliminated kind of these uh, tees that were kind of uh, the forced carry tees, if you will. Um, try to speed up place, pace of play, widened the fairway, made it easier for the landing area, and then again took care of some bunkering and green surround on that one. Um, but then it gets really exciting. Uh, holes five through nine are... Uh, are completely different golf holes. Uh, hole five is uh, now a par four. It actually goes in the same uh, corridor as old hole number sixteen, which was a par five. And we go, we play it backwards. Yeah, so, uh, it's uh, that's a really big change there. And you're like, what? Which way did this go? And um, basically eliminate that really difficult hole. I'm sure you've seen that one out there, Mac and uh, and Chris. That one's a big big change on uh, hole five. I didn't mind sixteen disappearing, to tell you the truth, Eric. No, no, that that was a, that was a great change, <laughs> indeed. And then it just stays kind of uh, kind of different from there. Uh, you know, hole six is uh, the old Dutch fifteen, but instead of playing basically from the uh, west to the east, now it's played from uh, north to south. So it's just straight perpendicular change there, and uh, going to the same green site. So instead of hitting over the water. Now the water's on your right as you approach that green. Um, so really a fun hole there, downhill, par three. And then uh, hole seven I'm really excited about. Um, that's a par five that used to play uh, the old Dutch 14 double green hole. And you actually tee off, hit over the wetland, when you, but you do get to tee it up. And then it's a great par five that, uh, again, if you want to go for the green, you got to carry a little wetland, but it has a great avenue, a beautiful tree that is right there for your layup shot as a target point. And then you uh, you get to a green site that is just, uh, I mean, just enormous in size, that green complex on number seven, and really a unique green. So um, I was uh, had the opportunity to talk to a longtime professional, Craig Warrior, and he was up here playing, and he, he played that hole, and he goes, 
I think that might be, you know, he said his favorite, but I'll just go with one of his the best par fives he's ever played. So that's a pretty good accolade for that uh, new number seven. Yeah, no kidding. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, then eight becomes uh, the old 17 Dutch. Again, it sits in the same location, but the green got uh, kind of basically moved uh, to the left um, and back just a little bit, but moved more to the left as you're hitting that approach shot. And that's what created that uh, extra space on hole number four off the tee. So that was a whole new large green complex there, um, really wide green. And then uh, hole nine is a, is a, is a great uh, par four, kind of coming back up the hill, back to towards the clubhouse, um, to a really nice-looking green complex as well. So, I mean, it was the most significant change of any of our, uh, our nine-hole renovations, if you break our project into nine holes. You know, obviously with the exception of the uh, the expansion. But as far as the renovation goes, you, you count the number of new greens we have playing golf holes the opposite direction, which obviously means new tee boxes, new fairways, everything. So we were really excited. We uh, were patient and waiting to open this one a little bit. We kind of caught, caught our breath a little bit, and it really opened in fantastic condition. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I've heard nothing but good, Eric. Eric, you know, segue into the CRMC championship. I uh, I always have people ask me now, how, how did uh, Craigens happen to get a Canadian tour event? And mm-hmm. can you give us the background on that and how how all that happened? Yeah, that uh, obviously is a great story. And how in the world would uh, PGA Tour Canada come down and uh, and play an event in the U.S.? So. Well, it started with uh, the founder of our tournament, Ron Sanders, uh, came up to the Brainerd Lakes area probably about, I guess I'm guessing it's probably got to be almost six years ago now, when he first started the, uh, had the dream or the vision of getting a, uh, a high-end professional golf tournament. And at that point, you know, the, the most successful one that we could look for was on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is a tour just below the PGA Tour. Um, you know, so that's kind of was our target originally was how do we get a corn ferry event to Brainerd Lakes area? And, uh, you know, as we kind of worked through the process, uh, with, uh, Ron contacting the tour, um, he made some connections, uh, just before one of our, uh, um, kind of preliminary events, if you will, he ran up to, up to Canada. There was an event in Winnipeg. Um, he met the, uh, president of the PGA tour Canada and, uh, invited him down, and at that time they were actually looking for some a couple of partners in the U.S. to uh, expand their tour. Um, so that started in uh, September of, uh, or basically I believe it was August of 2019. Um, Scott Pritchard came down uh, in September. We met with him. He looked at our golf course, and uh, and just like that, the relationship was born and. It really made a great opportunity for us to get into, uh, um, you know, that professional golf tournament at maybe a little more of a, uh, a stepping stone rather than jump into a, uh, the level of that Corn Ferry event. So we signed an agreement in the fall of 19 with them uh, to be the host organization and golf course. And, uh, you know, obviously we had a little pandemic hit and uh, <laughs> yeah. we built we were the most anticipated uh, inaugural or first uh, event in uh, in the history of the uh, of I believe any tour because we were all set for 2020. Uh, the tour got uh, postponed or canceled, and then we did the same thing in 21. So uh, 
we had our first event last September or last August, end of August, and now we're looking at the second one coming up here in about a month period of time. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and 105.1 FM. Also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And if you're looking for us on podcasts, look under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. This section or this portion brought your way by Ernie's on Gull with deck and patio seating, weather permitting, unmatched Gull Lake view, open daily at 11 year round, and by the Tea Hive, custom apparel for your business event, team, or family, all online at theteahive.com. Now back to our interview with Cragen's General Manager, Eric Peterson, on 1380 KLIZ. Eric, kind of give us a, a rundown of how, how the week is going to uh, unfold and what the, the exact dates. Yeah, so uh, the tournament actually, it's a full week of events. Um, it, it's run and operated just like a uh, full PGA Tour event. It's uh, starts on monday um we actually have a uh, there's a qualifier available that events can be played at the preserve golf course this year so uh getting some uh, activity up at another local course so we expect to have between the you know uh, probably 70 and 90 uh players competing for i believe it's uh, eight additional spots to get into the tournament that's a pretty traditional way they always have a monday qualifier to allow some people more people an opportunity to gain access to play in, in tournaments um, we also have a charity event there. We obviously uh, working closely with Cuyuna Regional Medical Center, so we have a cruising for charity that night. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Tuesday is primarily a practice round day as well as Monday for all the players traveling. They are coming from the week before up in Winnipeg, so most of them will come in uh, Sunday night or Monday morning and uh, start practice rounds on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is our Northern Pacific Center Pro-Am, and we got really going to roll off the red carpet this year. We're looking at about 40 teams participating in that. Um, still time and availability if people are looking to participate in that Pro-Am or want to be a sponsor or a partner with us. We uh, do have a few spots left, and we'd love to have you. Um, that's Wednesday. And then really the uh, the tournament itself, though, is the big show is Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, a full 72-hole event, 18 holes a day. Um, we do have a cut after Friday. Um, so, you know, but great opportunity to come out and see players, be really close up with them. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things, um, ways to get people involved. Um, you know, we have some, on Thursday, we have bring the kids to the course day, really focusing on getting autographs and getting pictures with the, uh, with the players. Uh, Friday, is going to be wear your hockey jersey day um and it's uh, going to be pretty obvious why we're wearing your hockey jersey um we have one of uh, minnesota's finest uh, athletes coming up and actually playing in the tournament um and that's matt boldy from the minnesota wild and then uh saturday sunday we'll uh, conclude the tournament with a uh, evening uh evening concert uh at the clubhouse uh outside of the clubhouse looking over the 18th hole and then Sunday is the final round, and uh, hopefully we crown, we're going to crown another great champion. Seems like you got to have a hockey player playing in a tournament in Minnesota, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, and and especially when it's the PGA Tour Canada, you know, right, uh, yeah. the national sport of Canada. That uh, <laughs> is definitely a, a good draw. But uh, 
these uh, obviously these hockey players are pretty dang good players, and uh, Matt Boldy is no different. He was up for a practice round a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's a plus 1.5 handicap he plays to, and uh, a member down at, I believe it's Olympic Hills down in Minneapolis. Eric, we were talking off air about, you know, how it, this is such a stepping stone for, you know, for playing the Corn Ferry and the PGA Tour. And uh, tell us about some of the players who played last year or having success, you know, both Corn Ferry and uh, PGA Tour internationally uh, this year. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, you it's, it is a developmental tour. It is the number one developmental tour to get, you know, for players to get used to playing on tour what it's all about to travel, what it's all about to play these 72 whole events, um, be involved with the sponsors, things like that. So the idea is they start to get this, uh, um, get comfortable with it. And a lot of times they say, well, it takes a couple of years on the PGA Tour Canada to get comfortable, get status, and then you move up and you move up. Well, it's amazing. Even in one year, a short history at the, uh, of hosting this event, we have, uh, I got three people I can really feature. Uh, I'll start with our champion, uh, Jake Knapp. Um, played tremendous uh, when he was out there. I believe the winning score, I think it was 26 under. So amazing, uh, you know, play for four days. And he he gained status. He ended up number two on the uh, the PGA Tour Canada points race. And now he's playing on uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got full status out there now. And he's currently in 16th place in their, uh, basically in their season-long uh, points uh, competition. And I believe it's the top 30 players from the corn ferry gain status on the pga tour so he is poised to uh at this point if he keeps playing the way he is he's going to have that status so you know by 2020 you know 2025 or 2024 he'll be a member of the pga tour out on uh, on the big tour and we, um, and we all got to be up close and personal with him just one we year ago. did no <laughs> question uh the two others are actually having uh, tremendous success as well uh Ryan Girard finished fourth in our event, um, I believe, and he uh, actually played really well in a couple of early season events on the PGA Tour. He Monday qualified and got a or got a sponsor exemption, and he's been playing steadily on the PGA Tour all season. You know, not in all the invitational events, but he to date he is. Uh, I just checked the other day, seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars he's earned on the PGA Tour. Last week he finished fifth. He had another top 10 earlier in the year. So, I mean, here's a guy who uh, was playing out here last year and uh, at, at Craggins and now is, uh, has made three-quarters of a million dollars on the PGA Tour this year. He gets to say it's a living. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Pretty amazing. And then the last one, which was really unique this last weekend, um, watching the British or the Open Championship, sorry, not the British Open, the Open Championship. <laughs> And uh, the brothers that were featured on there, uh, you know, certainly we all know Matthew Fitzpatrick, but his brother Alex Fitzpatrick actually uh, finished in, I believe, a tie for 17th and was a little better than his brother Matthew. And he played out here on the, so he's uh, from, uh, he's from England, and he was playing out here last year at our event as well. And ironically, it's kind of funny, you know, again, has had tremendous success. He's playing on the, European Tour this year, uh, finished top 20 in the Open Championship, and he ended up missing the cutout here at, at Craigan. But he was here for the practice round, I believe he played in the Pro-Am, and he, uh, and and again, uh, he didn't make the cut, but was still here for the week. <laughs> Extraordinary. That's so, so cool. 
that these guys are so yeah. close. I know talking with you and Jack last year, the the level of play is so extraordinarily good. You know, when I think every day somebody shot 61 or 62 over the four days, which you just think, how is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. That is for sure. You know, if, if a player has status on the on the Canadian tour, they they're one of the top thousand to twelve hundred players in the whole world. And when when you think about how many players there are in the world, if you're if you're among the top thousand, you're uh, you can golf your ball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We and again, I think sometimes you know, again, we had a great turnout last year with attendance, but you know, I, getting the word out is our our big mission here and. That's going to be our big push in the coming weeks leading up to the tournament. And it's so exciting that uh, our uh, to get in the tournament, it is complimentary. There is no cost. There is no admission fee to get into the tournament. So, um, you know, come on out. Bring your family. Bring your kids. Um, you know, get really, you know, come on. We have so many fun things going on. Clubhouse is open for everybody to walk through the golf course. We're going to add a couple of uh, more, what we're calling them, they'll be uh, – kind of player fan experiences out on the golf course. We're going to have uh, a food and beverage out on the course on the whole 17, 18, um, 17 green, 18 tee. There'll be a fan experience area out there. There's going to be another one on the front nine, kind of overlooking holes, uh, you know, five, six, and nine. So it's going to be really fun. We're adding a lot of more a lot more excitement this year, and we hope to uh, kind of uh, see at least uh, double our crowd, if, if not triple. Yeah, exactly. Really encourage everybody to come out and uh, enjoy it. Uh, I had the I, the privilege, I guess, to be around it most of the four days last year, and man, it was fun to watch these guys play and just be involved in all the different events. The concert was great. The food was good. Uh, just a fun place to hang out for the weekend, and and so unique. I mean, it, it, these kind of things don't happen all the time. Yeah, that that is for sure. I mean, it's you. you get an opportunity to be able to be out this close to people get to watch the game um you know we also have uh, enhanced experiences we are selling vip tickets as well so vip ticket does get you complimentary food and beverage um in uh, both the vip uh, deck that we have overlooking the 18th hole in the first in the 10th tee where we have food out and uh, an open bar up there for everybody on the vip level and then we also have, uh, you also can get that beverage out on those other fan experience areas. Eric, if anybody wants more information, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, really, we uh, again, the, the tournament has its very own website, um, crmcchampionship.com. Uh, again, standing for the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center um, as our title sponsor. It is also presented by Gertens, which is the presenting sponsor. They've been tremendous. And I definitely want to shout out to the uh, Northern Pacific Center as well. They, uh, they've they stepped up this year not only to be our uh, Pro-Am sponsor, but they also said let us be the admission sponsor and cover the ticket cost for all uh, general admission tickets. So that's what allows wow, us nice. to, uh, to have those complimentary tickets for everybody to come on in the door. Fantastic. Eric, I know you're swamped right now with everything coming up, and thank you for taking the time today. We sure appreciate it. Yeah, and I appreciate you spreading the word, and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody out at uh, the Legacy Courses here soon. That's Thanks Eric. a lot, Eric. Eric Peterson, General Manager at Craigens Resort. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on the Fan.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also 105.1 FM this year. And streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Also, find us if you're looking for podcasts at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought away in part by Whitefish Golf, one of the area's hidden gems, 18 holes of championship golf. And by SCR Northern, the ones with Old Man Winter on the truck. Chris, the British Open comes to an end, and uh, some of the best players in the world have not really played as well as they usually do this year. And guys who were locks four months ago as far for the Ryder Cup are no longer locks. So uh, kind of up in the air uh, as far as Team USA. Yeah, you know, the, the the biggest one that comes to mind is Justin Thomas, who's 14th on the list right now. Right. Um, you know, the, the, it, it's a little different this year because generally you have, it, it seems like it changes every year, but you have anywhere from, you know, 8 to 10 automatic qualifiers that are based on points, and then you've got, you know, two to four captain's picks based on who the, the hot players are the, at the moment and points are accumulated over a two-year period. And th- this year, there's there's six automatic qualifiers, so you've got six uh, essentially captain's picks. And I, I would guess for the most part, they'll go off points or Zach Johnson will go off points. But, you know, there's always a wild card in there. And you, a guy like like Justin Thomas, who's been a great Ryder Cupper, who's a great match play player. Right. You know, it, it, it's it's hard to leave him off, and especially with the team, what he brings in team chemistry. And you know, you look at some of the hot players that are you know outside of that top twelve. You've got you know Ruth Fowler and Sam Burns and uh, Kurt Kimiyama and 18th Harris English, 19th Tony Finau and. Um, you know, guys that are inside of that that twelve. You got you know at number number eleven. You got Colin Morikawa. Ten. You've got Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth. Who's you know definitely been trending in the right direction, but you know has had a had some ups and downs. Hasn't won uh, recently. Number eight, Cameron Young, who had another great Open Championship after a great premiere last year. Number seven, Max Homa. He, Max Homa would be very difficult to leave off the team, I think, you know, as, as well as, as he's played over the past, really, two years. Quite a popular so player, it, too, it seems like. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, the, it, it, the, in the top six right now, you got Scotty Scheffler, uh, Wyndham Clark at number two, uh, which is, is interesting, you know, because Wyndham Clark really is yeah, – he's He's not a rookie on tour by any means, but uh, you know a breakthrough player at the at the at the U.S. Open. Number three, Brian Harmon. Uh, number four, Brooks Kepka, yeah, which is is, is you know that's impressive when he really hasn't been able to accumulate any points in the last year, other than the PGA Championship uh, in the Open Championship uh, here. Uh, number five, Xander Shoffley, and number six, Patrick Cantley, who's really kind of trending in the wrong direction uh you know Cantley who had a who's played great over the last year but really hasn't played very well in the last two months yeah it's it's a can of worms for the captain I think man yeah I don't know how I don't know how you leave Fowler off this year he's been very he's obviously very popular with the fans and 
and he's turned his game completely around. Just the opposite of JT kind of. JT has kind of turned into Fowler of a couple of years ago all of a sudden, which is really strange. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I I, I would uh, Fowler would definitely be one of my captain's picks. And in, in a lot of respects, you know, he played. He has his first win and in. in uh, <laughs> You know, four years or whatever it was, and then and then he he played great. He tied tied for twenty second at the uh, at the Open Championship, and he, he's he's just, he's been trending in the right direction for you know really the last nine months or so, and uh, and the players love him. He's a great guy in the you know uh, as far as the team chemistry go, and, and he's a great match play player. He, he's had a he's got a good history of match play is, is both a an amateur and as a professional. I kind of forgot about Keegan until you were going down the list there, but he's had a terrific year until just a month or so ago. He's been up near the top in most tournaments he's been in. Yeah, no, he's he's trending in the right direction all year. So, Yeah, yeah, all right, well. I suppose they'll call you to consult, Chris. You'll have to have a couple picks ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if they do, if they do, Mac, I'm ready. <laughs> I know you are. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We want to thank Eric Peterson, uh, general manager over at Craigens, for joining us and uh, filling us in on the CRMC. Chris, have a good week, my friend. You as well, Mac. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on the Fan.